Wednesday, March 16th. The streets are crowded. It's a podcast. It's a podcast about the Batman. Yeah. You see was, what I did there? Yeah, it was good. I thought you were doing Star Trek for a second. It sounds like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Trek yeah. 4-2-8, yeah, Captain's Log. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to see where you were going, but I think I think it just ran out. I think your lack of preparation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, didn't really, yeah, yeah. It kind of shown. That story of my life, yeah. Mm. Uh, the knights, I'm, all these knights have turned me into a nocturnal animal. Um, Guess what, everybody? Welcome to The Fundamentalists. We're going to be doing a brand new episode uh, on the Batman. Now, you might be thinking, gosh, they've talked about Batman before, but we haven't done it after having seen the Batman, so it's a new one about that. And uh, Pete saw it. I've seen it. This is going to be a spoiler-filled episode. If you haven't seen it, if you want to see it, this may not be the episode for you. Um, We're going to speak freely about what happens in the film. Most people have seen it by now. Uh, if you haven't, it's still enjoyable plot aside. If something gets spoiled, it's a beautiful movie. I recommend it regardless. So, uh, let's dive into it. But first, Pete, how you doing? Doing good, man. Doing yeah. good. I've been, been a bit of a boring week. You, however, were in Vegas. I was in Vegas, baby. I tell yeah. you, man, every time I think I'm over it, that's an immature, immature thing. Why would you want to go to Vegas? Yeah. Like, come on. It's dirty. It's gross. Um, and then I la- as the plane was landing, I felt the spirit of Vegas overtake me. And it was like, like I could not, I just couldn't stop smiling as uh, I got off the plane. and was like, here we go. And the moment I get off the plane, there's a woman with two kids cussing out somebody on the phone. The, all the bars are packed everyone's leaving on like a Thursday uh, or maybe it was, it was a Friday. Um, it was pure Vegas. You know, if you've never been in the Vegas airport, which is now the Harry Reid airport, it's not McLaren anymore. Um, there's slot machines everywhere in the waiting areas. And it just was like, welcome to Stupidville. And it's <laughs> Your my home. favorite thing. My home, home, baby. Yeah. And uh, spent all the time on the strip, mostly in the same place called Wor- Resorts World, which was lovely. And uh, bet a little bit of money for you. You did, and the Red Snake won. Red Snake did win, and you you could you you walked you could have walked away with. Well, you kind of screwed up. You like so basically. How did I screw up? Well, yeah, well, okay, right. I my what I said to you was two bets, forty bucks each. I gave you the Red Snake, whatever. You did one, and I won it. And then you said you still want me to do the second one. And while you were asking me, that second one would have won me money. Because I was playing self-harm roulette, and I said, would I have won if I bet? And you were like, yes, I well, would have. Well, there is actually, and I hate oh. to dive so much into this. I know all we do is argue, <laughs> but uh, there was, if I had gone straight from you winning to another one, you would have lost, lost as well. Oh, okay. It's well, almost okay, like yeah. it's random. Yeah, <laughs> it almost seems like it. And well, yeah, no, I was very pleased. And you were honest. You didn't just tell me I'd lost and then just pocket my money. Yeah, you know, yeah, which is very nice of you. Unless did I win more than you said? I'm just happy that you got something <laughs> and you feel good about it. Yeah, uh, yeah no, you did. Yeah. I, and I don't know how that would have gone had I lost everything and I was only. But you know how it goes. You Venmo me, and then I'll just use what I have, and then I have the Venmo. But it's not like, I, I, fortunately, I still had. I I did okay in Vegas. And yeah, so I had the ability to. But to you were playing carry the one, out your will. You were playing the game. You have the most skill on which is the horse racing yes, one the horse yeah, racing so my yeah. god dude i gotta tell you it is 
have we done it in Vegas? Or? See, right, I, they have a version of that in the Las Vegas of Northern Ireland. It's called Barry's. And it's a big step down. And uh, <laughs> they have one of those machines in there. Oh, and yeah. it's just basically the little plastic horses yep. running around randomly. Yeah. Um, I would never have thought that that was the game that would have like, t- like grabbed you. Like, well, first of all, it's so stupid. And <laughs> yeah. it's amazing how you can start caring about a little toy horse. And it's always empty because no one knows how to play it, even though it's the simplest thing in the world. And it's exciting to watch miniature horses race around a track. Yeah. And it's easy. Yes. And it's you can also bet a quarter. Yeah. Okay. Which is my speed. Yeah. Even yeah. though I tend to go and you get really and then you can play piano like roulette. You, oh yeah, oh the piano. Oh yeah, the roulette piano. That's that's always yeah. a good one. It's yeah. very nice. Yeah. But anyway, it was a great time. Uh, what have you done this weekend? Uh, what have I done? You know, not not a lot. I can't think yeah. if I've done anything. I know, man. It's it's that time of week. It's Wednesday, uh, yeah. March 16th. Um, mm. And uh, you hear they're making daylight savings time maybe permanent. Oh, I, I saw that on some news feed this morning. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, it makes sense they can do it now because in the past it would have been such a huge thing to change. But now everything's, mm-hmm. you know, old clocks are electronic. Yeah. and So it th- probably doesn't take too much effort to change it yeah i guess they're gonna wait till 2023 to help the, to let the uh, airlines and stuff figure oh, their yeah, systems out which i'm like that makes sense yeah. thanks um but like in the like going back a while it would have been so hard i think probably to have yeah. made that kind of change but now, easier now yeah, yeah. i yeah. hope so anyway it, it's all, i think it's very exciting let us know what you think in the comments <laughs> what, what did you think <laughs> just fall, i just completely That's go afraid. <laughs> tell us what you guys think uh, uh what did you think of the batman pete we haven't seen it together no yeah um okay yeah so just brief kind of before we get into the the, the nuts and bolts is i i enjoyed it three hours didn't feel like three hours i love the the feel of it the visual of it um well we'll be talking about is kind of the ideas and I'm excited about talking about some of the ideas, but just in general as a Batman, um, uh, I like the very gritty. I mean, I saw, was it, was it you posted a meme up about how kind of like, you know, something like 1990, there's a darker, <laughs> grittier Batman. That's you Batman. Know, 2000, darker, grittier. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, it is, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, watchman meme of uh whatever the blue guy is on the planet by himself it's 1989 i'm eight years old i'm watching a darker grittier batman it's 2005 i'm 22 years old i'm watching a darker grittier batman it's 2022 i'm 40 years old i'm watching a darker grittier Batman. it's just yeah it yeah. keeps repeating over and over and <laughs> i saw a thing on um uh that that did the math on the rate at which <laughs> we're getting a darker, grittier Batman and how the years keep getting shorter. And it said that by 2050, there will be a, a newer, a new, darker, grittier Batman reboot every 15 milliseconds. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. It, it, no, because it, it is true. Like what Reeves did with this, which we'll talk about in a second once I hear your overall thoughts quickly, is, but is that it does there is a trajectory towards Batman becoming more interwoven with the crime of the city. Yeah. And, the, and, and like, and that's a, that's kind of started and, and Christopher Nolan did it really well, but this pushes that even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of get an impotent Batman here, if not a criminal Batman, an impotent kind of Batman who's completely intertwined with the criminality of the vigilante of the, Mm-hmm. of the politicians of his father like there's a whole so you you ultimately get this vision of gotham city that 
everybody's implicated. Yeah. It, like this is a this is a dark hole, black hole of crime and despair, and no one kind of none of the main characters are exempt from it. Yep. And like Christopher Nolan was doing that to some extent, but this like just sticks the knife in. Yeah. 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 It sticks the knife in. That's a good way to put it. Um, so what was your first of all overall thoughts? I, you know, I haven't. Um, I've seen it twice mm-hmm. so far. I enjoyed it more the second time. All right. Mm-hmm. And I've also heard, by the way, if you're down at some mm-hmm. point, we got to go see it in 4DX. In the f- what? 4DX. Oh yes, I, I I would like that to be my my first experience of 4DX. Yeah. 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 Because I've heard it's pretty yeah. hilarious. <laughs> we've talked about 4DX on the podcast before. It's the most insane movie. movie and I can't believe we've talked about how he, the first time he ever did it was with the movie Dune. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so not the movie you'd think twice. about go and see. Twi- yeah. And you did it twice in the 4DX. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. 8DX. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... Uh, I enjoyed the movie very much. I was... I will say the first go around, I was so excited and so pumped that I uh, was almost, I no. did pee a lot before and I didn't drink water. I tried very hard to like dehydrate myself basically because it was a three hour <laughs> movie. It didn't work. I still had to pee at some point uh, in it. And uh, I hate that. And so, uh, I, but I was so excited that I wasn't able to pay attention to what was actually happening because I was just like, I got that make And it was like, the plot was, there's actually a plot in the movie. And it's not like a, you know, whatever, not to throw shade. It's not like a Marvel movie where yeah. you could leave for 35 minutes and come back and kind of understand what's going on. It's got like a sort of mafia, you know, real, um, you know, there's a, it's a detective story basically. And so uh, I was so excited. I was unable to really appreciate or really even, to be honest, follow what was going on. Second time I saw it, I liked it a lot more because I was calmer and not so amped up. In terms of the movie as a whole, I got to say, um, I was hoping for two things we're gonna get spoilery here one i was hoping they would not have the cameo at the end okay uh because i knew i heard rumors that they were going to potentially include the cameo of batman's most famous adversary but we won't say any more than that no no, no, no. and you, you good luck figuring out <laughs> yeah who i'm talking because when you think batman you think mr freeze and yeah. so uh <laughs> i i was hoping that if they did include him that they included more of him or none of him at all mm. And they did not do that. They went a different way. I like the way they did it. I would have liked more. Finally, I was really hoping for a Court of Owls um, uh, meta plot that would have been revealed in the end. That would have been cooler to me. Court of Owls is from, I believe, The Long Halloween, and uh, which much of the Batman is based on. And The Long Halloween and The Court of Owls, I think, is the coolest, one of the coolest ideas. So that ties back into the idea of the, the criminal underworld ultimately being um, a product of this elite, powerful group of people that runs everything in Gotham. And my hope, my my dream scenario was that we were going to find out that Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father, was in the Court of Owls, and the, and so that would further enmesh him in the uh, the crime um, and, and, and make him further ambiguous as a moral character, which I thought would be cool. And they did not do that, and they kind of used the Riddler in sort of a, his personal story, uh, which was fine, and I like, and it would have been too much to add Court of Owls, and probably would have confused people. I think the well, way you they could have d- put another R on the movies, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's introduce this entire other uh, organization <laughs> and layer. But I um, uh, loved Paul Dano; thought he did a great job. His scene um, of them where there's glass separated, and that's Batman versus the Riddler. That's a very 
different way of doing a a ultimate crime boss battle in a su- superhero movie where he is unable to hurt him and the other one is unable to hurt him and you see this ambiguous uh scene where the riddler is sort of saying bruce wayne over and over again and you see the wheels turning in batman's head of like what is he saying is he aware mm. unaware and they leave it a little uh, open-ended and i really love that yeah i want to talk about that scene as well i think that's a important scene um, also colin farrell is the penguin i loved and i think it's the best chase scene we've ever seen in a batman oh, movie yeah, yeah. and um i also love the part where i didn't put it together till the second time i saw it but when they capture uh at one point penguin thinking he's you know uh, what is it? Rat, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Uh, rat with rat wings. wings which, yeah. That was like, uh, that's Batman. Like yeah. obviously, a rat with wings. That's Batman. That's a bat. That's Batman. Duh. Like what? Well, well, and no, no one ever said that. Like uh, well, until like I, uh, way later. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Like, <laughs> right there for you. But um, anyway, in that scene, um, Colin Farrell just was so awesome in it. But then at the very end when he's still tied up and he's like, you guys going to let me go. He waddles like a penguin yeah. a little bit. I just was like, okay, <laughs> I see. They're having fun with the, yeah. the things without making it uh, too campy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or campy at all. Honestly, it could have used a little more camp in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, Maybe a little, one little neon light for Joel Schumacher or something as a rep piece of reference, maybe, or a, a, a token, maybe they should have had nipples on the bat suit. If they had nipples on the bat suit, it would you be would a perfect have been happy. You're perfect Batman movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, but all yeah. in all, I loved it. Very good. Very good. Yes. How many stars would you give it? Uh, out of how many? Five. Let's say there's, let's say five bats. How many bats five would you bats, give? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like for, for, I think it's a, it's it's a great movie for what it's doing, so I suppose I would give it a, well four out of five, I guess. What would, what would you, you give Dark Knight? Oh, that was fantastic. I know, right? Maybe four and a half out of five. I know. Yeah. Um, can I say one thing about okay. Dark Knight before? Yeah. Okay, because I can talk Please. about it. No, yeah. I told, I, I, I've got like three things that are more theoretical, so I'm excited we should talk about just this stuff okay. first and then get onto the theory. The opening scene of The Dark Knight is mm. one of the best opening scenes in movie history. Now you're gonna to have to remind me because I rem- which one? How does it open? It opens up, Pete. Imagine uh-huh. this: yeah. big, expansive shot, daylight. What? Batman? Daylight? Why? <laughs> Zooms in on a building. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh oh, I know. Window Just, explodes. Uh, then you see it's a bank yeah, heist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thrown right into a bank heist, and then you see that it's Joker at the very mm-hmm. end when he kills everybody. Mm-hmm. Come on. I mean, doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Opening scene of the Batman. Pretty good. Yeah. Really yeah. cool. Creepy, yeah. different direction. Liked it a lot. Yeah. Doesn't have that same uh, gut punch. Anyway, so yeah. all right, let's get into which. Yeah, let's get into the stuff that the podcast talks about. <laughs> okay. Well, here then that on that this is this is an interesting thing that the new Batman movie does very well because everybody knows and it's been played on a lot that Batman and the Joker are kind of inversely related to each other and connected to each other. That's a theme that. that I'm sure is in loads of the comic books yep. and it's in the Nolan movie, and it's it's done very well. This does it even better. This interconnects the Riddler and Batman in a very interesting way. Yeah, like, um, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. So basically, and because of spoilers and all of that, uh, the Riddler we discover is directly inspired by the Batman and directly thinks he's working with the Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the cool. We've been yes. doing this together. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I, that was God. brilliantly done. That was brilliantly done. And here's here. So here's the first point. Of, well, I suppose the first point I want to make, which is the simplest point, we've already said it, is this movie 
probably more so even than Nolan, definitely more so than all the other ones. This is where I think the darker and grittier beam is, is right. In that, in this one, the, there's, I, there's kind of four levels of criminality, right? There's the criminality on the street. You see the explosions of these kids who are, have rage. And it looks like they're inspired by the Joker. They've got the Joker mm -hmm. stuff. And also by poverty. So they're, they're, they're doing graffiti broke on the bank. So there's the explosion of street violence, the acting out of street violence. There's the violence of the organized criminals, organized crime. There's the violence of the institutions, the supposedly legal institutions, government, police, that. And it's like a Build Back Better program. That they're, it's not called Build Back Better, but it's like the same. It's oh, yeah. um, redemption or something like that. What's the word that they're, they're using? I don't uh, know. Yeah, it's I the, it, the politician is going, the program hasn't worked. Like your program to make, uh, there's a word that they... They use yeah, and it's it's an something R, yeah. is a lie, but yeah, it's yeah. like a revival. I don't know. It's not revival. It's an R word, I think. But yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And and a lot of these politicians you discover are are working with the organized crime and all that. So there's criminality in the police system and the legal system, and then there's the criminality of the vigilantes, primarily the Batman and Joker, right? Or sorry, Riddler. So there's those four levels of violence. And they're all interconnected, like very, like you have a vision, you have a cinematic vision when you see this movie, you go, oh my goodness, all these levels of crime and criminality are all intertwined. And even Thomas Wayne, even the Wayne family are connected to it through, you know, Thomas Wayne either being kind of a weak character or a criminal mm -hmm. character and that kind of stuff. So that's, that's very good. And like, they leave it open. Yes, exactly. Like, it's Thomas, open. like Alfred going, I'm, uh, I've racked my brain trying to figure out what went down and who, whether it was just maybe a street thug that killed your parents, or maybe it was Falcone who did it, like whatever. I think that was really, yes. really well done. Yeah. So it's, it's left open and, and that has never been done before. I don't think in the movies where Thomas Wayne is even implicated directly, like the Wayne industries is implicated. So there's always a connection between Wayne industry, the, the wealth of Wayne Industries and the poverty of Gotham City. There's yeah. usually a connection between those, and there's a connection between Batman and the Joker. There's a connection there. This connects them all with the Riddler, and also Thomas Wayne is now directly implicated as either a weak man or just an elite guy who's mm -hmm. trying to just you know and potentially doing some criminal stuff. So that's the that's amazing. It's all interconnected, and and Bruce Wayne is connected. And then this, this brings me to the, the, the Riddler thing, is that both the Riddler and Batman uh, are kind of doing their acts through the gaze of another. So the Riddler thinks that he's working with Batman. He thinks he's kind of like to, to rid the city of crime and criminality. Like the, the Riddler is like Dexter. The Riddler is a kind of as a criminal mm -hmm. who only kills criminals. And he's a little bit more psycho than that, but that's kind of yeah. technically the idea. Is he's a he's a he's a serial killer who's actually just killing the 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 elites who are doing criminal acts. Yeah, like uh, I love at one point when Gordon is worried about it being him as the next target, and Batman's like, "No, you're, you're clean. You're clean. Yes, this guy's only targeting the dirty." Um, but what's interesting is like this is a very connected to the idea of desire. Is that we're often we well act. here we go <laughs> sorry sorry sorry, sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's a drinking game <laughs> he's mentioned it's desire a, if you have your bingo cards yeah uh, no no i want to hear this oh, i yeah. definitely do and i was just um yeah <laughs> i had to fart that out <laughs> yeah um yeah he the, the the riddler is kind of acting 
through the eyes of Batman, thinking he's working yeah. with Batman, that he's impressing Batman. And so in psychoanalysis, they call it subjective destitution, where in that scene you're talking about with behind the glass, the Riddler still thinks that he's impressing Batman, that he's kind of working with Batman, that Batman is impressed with him. And then the Riddler is goes through this subjective destitution where he suddenly realizes the Batman is not looking at him and being impressed by him and wanting to encourage him that the batman isn't doesn't basically solidify or anchor his actions and so he kind of goes a bit crazy he yeah. starts to go a bit crazy and the one time he loses it he one time he loses it because he's basically being confronted with oh, fine, the, yeah. oh did he lose it at the very end yeah and then he gets calmed down by um the one person who i won't mention as a game yes. Which, by the way, I think Joker. Is, yeah, <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and I think that's interesting where it's almost like the Riddler requires the gaze of another. So he, when he loses the gaze of Batman, he reali- then the Joker at yeah. the end is, is, so he's going to be kind of in cahoots with him. But then the other thing is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, in that moment, which I do think what happens in that moment is really great because you see... The whole structure of the rogue gallery of Batman is that Joker's the king of the, the you know, the hen house or whatever. Like he's the the whatever. All of them know that they fall under him. And you see, in a younger version of Batman, uh, a young Joker already sort of going, "No, you can come. I can comfort you. I can be your yeah. uh, gaze that you can then." Yeah. Uh, act on behalf of instead of Batman and they form this immediate bond and yeah that yes. makes total sense it's like a new father figure yeah yeah so because that's in new father figure yeah yeah because yeah. in Lacanian kind of analysis the idea is like there is something when, when you realize that the person you're trying to impress whether it's your father your mother your partner you can't yeah. really fully impress them because they are a divided subject and they that's very that's very um uh, can be very disorienting. They have their own crap. They have their own crap. And and what's amazing is, and again, this is the parallel between the Riddler and Batman, because that's what, there's so many parallels between them. They're both vigilantes. They're both trying to t- take out the criminality of Gotham, right? They're both. And then Bruce Wayne, you know, his father, who is this figure, a paragon figure, is now seen as divided, is seen as impotent, is seen. So Bruce Wayne goes through his own subjective destitution. He he realizes that his father is not the figure that he thought. So both the Riddler and the ba- and Bruce Wayne kind of go through this very destabilizing experience. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're not who I thought you were. Yeah. And this connects for me, one last thought on this, but I was, you know, they go for a real emo Bruce Wayne, yeah. Batman. And the idea sometimes is that that we don't, we don't enjoy our enjoyment. Sometimes like, like the Batman is... He thinks he's doing all of this because he has to. He's trying to maybe impress his father or whatever. Um, but he's actually is enjoying it. <laughs> he's just not able to realize he's mm-hmm. enjoying it. He does enjoy beating up criminals. He just, you know, he's he doesn't he hasn't come to that realization. Once subjective destitution happens and he realizes he's not doing it for his father, his father's a broken figure or whatever, you have a couple of choices. And one choice is you just imp- you just embrace who you are and you go, no, this is who I am. I want to fight crime, not because I'm trying to emulate my father's vision or this or that. I am just going to do this because I'm me. I like fighting crime. I like fighting crime. And that's what I think this whole movie is about. I think this movie is like an origin story of Batman, where Batman comes to realize 
that is to embrace his desire, embrace his desire to fight crime rather than put it onto, oh, I'm trying to avenge my father, I'm trying to do this or that. He has to simply go, this is who I am. This is what I want. You know, when I, um, the first time I saw the film, yeah, uh, I saw it with my partner, uh, fiance, Grace is her name. <clears throat> spoiler. Another spoiler. Spoiler-filled episode. <laughs> um, and we were talking at, uh, on the way home a little bit about why I like Batman. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my answer, as a budding depth psychologist as I am, uh, as well as being interested in you know, the underlying reasons people like or don't like certain things, I was like, because I like it. Because mm. Batman's cool. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That I like Batman. I think he's cool. Yeah. And I've always have. There's nothing deeper than that. Yes. <laughs> so, and I was like, don't do what I do. Don't come at me asking me questions about <laughs> underlying uh, motives in my liking of <laughs> the Batman. Yeah. I was like, don't do that. Uh-huh. I, I just like Batman. Yeah. And I think that is mirrored in the character of Batman himself when he just goes, nope. I like, I just kind of like beating yeah. people up. That's it. That, Sometimes uh, I just like to see a guy uh, beat criminals up. Yes. And I don't, <laughs> they don't have to be a big old Thor Iron Man mm-hmm. kind of guy. I like a guy who's just rich and decides to, to yeah. beat the crap out of people. Well, that, that is like, that's kind of what sub- subjective destitution means. It's almost like you realize. No, I'm, I, it's objective destitution. <laughs> objective destitution, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Um, but it's like um, where you realize. You know, right? Because your desire is kind of given to you, and we talked about this in two episodes ago, I think, where uh, we talked about that idea, that thing, whatever. But you know, you learn how to desire, you know, early on in your relationships with your family, and but then you realize that that that's just a contingent thing that happened, and that's how your des- so your how your desire functions in an, as an adult is the result of a pile of contingent factors of people who themselves were broken, themselves didn't know anything. Which is great. Which is great. And then what What you can do... What a gift from the Lord. What's that? What a gift from the Lord. Yeah. (laughs) This is is kind of broken all the way down. But then what happens is you you can orient yourself to your desire differently, which is to say, well, this is what I like. This is how I desire. There's certain ways that I desire. And it's all for contingent reasons. But I embrace that. So with Batman, it's good. Like the way he's the Batman because of contingent things that happen—a murder or death, uh, covering up a crime—all these contingent things yeah. that happened when he was a kid that made the Batman the Batman. And then he realizes, oh my goodness, this is all just contingent happenings of broken people. And my parents weren't who that. My mom was mentally ill. My father was trying to cover that up. They kind of got involved with organized crime. Um, all of these things happen, and this has made me who I am. Uh, what do I do with that? And then your your choice is to embrace it and just say, this is who I your am. Your choice is to do whatever the crap you want to do. And in Bruce Wayne's case, I can understand being like, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. The one thing that stops me from beating the crap out of people is the fact that they know who I am. I will uh, remedy that in a goofy way. <laughs> I'll put a big engine on the back of my Camaro, and I'm going to go have fun every night. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sick and perverse. Yeah. But you know what's funny, by the way, is that 
the character who who succeeds is the Riddler, and the character he always feels is the Batman. And some some movies have done this recently. Where you, you see Riddler succeed? How does the Riddler basically succeeded in everything he wanted to do, bar a couple of things. So he didn't. I mean, kill the Joker does say it. You got so close. So close. Yeah. So I mean, good. he basically accomplished everything. He didn't kill obviously Bruce Wayne, but he killed everybody else he wanted to kill. He even set off all the explosions in the city, and he galvanized vigilante. So. He didn't fulfill absolutely everything, but he fulfilled almost everything he wanted to do. The Batman is just running around helping the Riddler. <laughs> he's, he's truly on the. I mean, he, Batman even says it. He's like, "This is it's Riddler's game now. It's Riddler's game." And 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 he and that man is actually part of the is the Such creation of the Riddler. So all, all the Batman did. This is why I mean I think, and I don't want to say this too much, but if you want to do a, if you do, if you know, there is there is a, a reading of this in which. It's a it's a very critical look at the Batman, which sometimes you go like, should a Batman movie really make the Batman look so crap? But he but it, but he also looks really cool, so he do, it does it very well. But when you think about it, the Batman, is mostly impotent. He's the inspiration for the Riddler. He's mostly helping the Riddler out. But that's what I like about the movie. And it says is only at the end of the movie does the Batman realize that he's part of this entire thing. And he's able to maybe go, now I can become the Batman. I agree with everything you're saying, except for the fact that the Batman is for sure not impotent. Bro, he's Batman. <laughs> uh, besides that, I can get on board with everything you're saying. And yes, he is absolutely um, uh, running around and chasing every what everybody else is doing. But he is not impotent. He is a symbol of fear <laughs> that strikes into the hearts of ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. <laughs> uh, final criticism of the movie I wish they hadn't called it The Batman Oh is that right I, It sounds like something Your grandmother would say Is that right I always like calling The Batman The Batman I would always call So I, whenever I saw the movie Now I, thought, I do Yeah 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 <laughs> uh, I, I, but yeah, I would have loved If they called it Just Batman Because my other Favorite Batman movie Is called Batman And I would have liked uh, Batman 1989 Batman 2022 Because I would like For younger generations To go oh, what's this Batman 1989 about? And then go, oh, what's this Batman 2022 about? And then see the differences and similarities and skip over a lot of the stuff in between. And then they'll get into the Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. Well, by the way, here's an interesting thing about how it ends. I liked how he, did, he didn't call himself the Batman, first of all, right? He calls himself Vengeance, which I guess is a comic book thing. Is that, is that a... Yeah, it got kind of corny, though, a little bit. Corny, but I did like it because in one way, I think this is the origin story for... Like, I think the movie... In my reading of the movie is... He kind of really becomes the Batman at the end because yeah, if you does, if yeah. you take the movie as a bad relationship where you're in a bad relationship and you actually realize crap I'm in a bad relationship but I'm intertwined with it and this bad relationship even if it's not my fault I'm still in it and I'm involved in it right so imagine it's that and then at the end you've got a choice you can get out of the relationship or or you or you can try and make it better, right? Which is what the ch choice at the end is. And Batwoman goes one way. Yep. She leaves the city. He goes the other way back into the city. Who am I talking? What am I talking about? You're already spoken for. Is what Catwoman Oh, yeah, that's says. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's very good. So he basically, what I love about that is, I think the whole film is the failure of Batman. It, but the one the one thing that makes it kind of a Batman movie is it's not, it doesn't throw him under the bus completely because at the end, the Batman realizes... Uh, the, yeah, I am intertwined as my family names intertwined with this. Every I created the Riddler, all of that stuff. 
now I can leave. I could actually leave at this point. My father, I don't even, I'm not under the shadow of my father anymore because I've gone yeah. through that subjective destitution. Um, so I, I could escape, but then he goes, no, 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 I'm going to own this. And now I, I want to be the Batman. And I'm going, and he goes, so he drives into the city. Uh -huh. So for me, that's the beginning of the next movie can be where Batman is not impotent. It's the classic, well, I'm here now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's do this. I yeah. guess if this is what my life is, okay. Yeah. Uh, and and also anything in that moment could have happened because Nirvana was playing in the background, so it doesn't. Oh, yeah. uh, so that was a nice great. choice. That in was fact, nice choice. I would argue that maybe we should see if there's some 40x tickets available. Ooh. Today for after this show? Oh, no, it's too late now, is it? Or is it no? I don't think it is. Okay. Well, yeah. What are you different. on? What's your day looking like i'm pretty good i got one phone call actually later on maybe but i could double check on Can that you? i could maybe see what's happening oh, there. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, well um, any uh, oh yeah any final thoughts well you know I, no time to die did a similar thing when you look at no time to die oh really you're bringing no time to die into yeah i guess it kind of did i see what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. it was okay go ahead yeah, well especially with the it. enemy like no I, I wouldn't mind maybe we should do a review next time of No Time to Die, because that's, I'm a James Bond fan, so I've got a lot of things to say about No Time to okay, Die. Okay, all right, but, I can, um, yeah, I can watch it again. Yes, and, and you know, a lot of things I'm not very happy with about it, but, but one of the, what, just bringing up the idea that actually you have an enemy who mostly accomplishes what they want to accomplish, um, and uh, because in that's the criminal, as it Stefan or whatever his name yeah, is, yeah. he basically mostly accomplishes what he wants to accomplish until the end, and again, it's just like th with Batman, I think it's clever, is that you, you think, you think the good guy is kind of, you kind of almost predisposed to think Batman's doing good and the Riddler's like being foiled at every stage. And you go, oh my goodness, like he did it. He did everything. Yeah. And in fact, even not killing Bruce Wayne, you know, would, was a kind of uh, success because then he would have killed the Batman, yep. which he wouldn't have wanted to do. Oh, um, yeah, good point. Yeah. So literally all he didn't do was kill the politician at the end. They wanted... And that was that was a stupid. I didn't understand why the Riddler wanted to do that because that politician was supposedly not corrupt. Well, so, this is another aspect of the movie that definitely deserves more attention. Which I uh, there that there was the sort of um, cult like white supremacist following of Riddler at the end, where I wouldn't I didn't get the impression that they were specifically that it was. Riddler's wishes to have specifically that political opponent um, killed. In fact, my my understanding would have been that oh, it was she just, was no. already getting swept away into the helicopter kind of deal. Like she was, okay. she was trying, oh. and it was her character that decided, no, I'm going to stay, which would have not, I don't think, fallen into Riddler's calculations. And then so when she came out, his followers okay. were like, "We're going to shoot now this woman." Um, my my. Uh, hope would have would have been. Did did she die? Did she die? No, just got injured. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel like if they wanted to really go for it, they they could have had that done. But I like the fact that she lived. I just was like, if they really wanted to go for it, yeah, they could have killed her. But I don't think it was Riddler's mo. Yeah, well, to I have was her yeah. killed because she was the she was the 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 unknown factor that came back in. She forced her way back. Oh yeah. She forced her way back in. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But so then, because either, and I think this is where I maybe didn't catch something is that final plan of the Riddler didn't overly make sense to me because 
And I accept that they had to cinematically make the Riddler even look even more evil, if you know what I mean. But but the Riddler's whole mission was to kill only the guilty, only the people who were destroying Gotham, the ones who were, the, and mostly politicians, hypocrites, the yeah. people who were taking money off organized no crime. No more lies. No more lies. So that was his, that was his whole thing. At the very end, it seemed like he was just unleashing a kind of, I suppose, a divine judgment on Gotham City, where random people would be shot. And that, maybe, but, yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying because I think also it's it was that was um, I'm not a big fan. I I always want to see it because I'm a viewer of a movie, but they have that requirement in the third act of any superhero movie where you got to have a big. Yes, I know, and I feel that that's almost thing. what they were doing. Yeah. Ra- rather than if they'd ended it. With I think if they'd ended it with actually I think the Riddler being this kind of weird Dexter kind of like serial killer who kills serial and maybe who did unleash some people in the city but it did feel like it would, they just needed a big grand finale and then so therefore yeah. this, suddenly out of nowhere they, he wants to flood the city to bring basically okay. innocent people into the middle of the city to get shot. That didn't make sense to me, except as I say, unless the Riddler was going like this is just divine retribution. Like what's that? The the group that trained the Batman, that was their job, wasn't it? They would like mm-hmm. to bring divine League refu- of Shadows, League of Shadows, kind of thing. But it didn't fit with who the Riddler was. No, I agree. I mean, it's it's it felt like um oh I gotta do something else because there's another half hour yeah. left of the movie. And you also you also had to have Batman having one win. Yeah, I mean Batman, <laughs> Batman saving Batman didn't people. have any wins anywhere. Yeah, through. even though ba- I mean that was also another part that I didn't totally love was like. Uh, there's at the very end, which it's gripping when you see it, but there's a moment where uh, Batman is about to lose very badly and very brutally by one of the copycats of the Riddler, and uh, Catwoman comes in and and saves the day, which is cool, but I would have personally, being a fan of Batman, I would have loved to have seen Batman just, uh, you know, uh, unleash hell on yeah. everyone and have this sort of triumphant moment. But I do understand, first of all, Matt Reeves, the director, wanted to make a self-contained Batman movie, and I think he did a great job. I would say that, uh, you know, Batman at this age and at this stat, at the in the storyline of Batman, him being an incredibly young Batman is a weird thing to get used to. An incredibly young superhero who's still figuring things out is weird to get used to because we're so used to superheroes being fully formed now. And so... I can forgive, I can pretty much forgive anything I didn't like about the movie. Yeah, I know, yeah. But th- this is, a, and this is the other reason I didn't mention this, but why I connected with No Time to Die is that oh, yeah. we have both Bond and Batman, these two movies were written in such a way to kind of critique the, the, the character, the main character, and it, but very subtly because both these movies have very good, I, which is what makes them more dangerous to me is there's a lot of these types of movies that are so ideological, but it's so obvious these were very subtly ideological, but you know, James Bond, it was a similar thing that he was mostly a pawn in it, who was being used by the body. So like, you know, he's going to be killed by Spectre, but this other guy mm-hmm. had wanted to kill Spectre instead. And Bond was just kind of caught up mostly in the plan of the enemy. And, you know, so you, you get Bond in a lot more of an impotent kind of state all the way through up until obviously the the what happens at the end first of all um, he's not impotent he's james bond yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but very I don't subtly. Know why I think that's I know. <laughs> First of all, you're talking about Batman and James Bond. So yeah. I think you've got, a, we've got we've got a title for this podcast. I think this yeah, episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First of all, he's not impotent. Yeah. Batman yeah. is not impotent. Yeah, I said. Well, you know, but they did very subtly. Yeah, you I know. know. Yeah. Oh, and and I get why they're doing it because of where Hollywood's at and all of that. But it was interesting how. Yes, I, I mean it's going to be interesting where, where he goes with this Batman. I mean they want to make another one, don't they, with this character, and they want to. Or I do mean, they? I'm sure they will, but the, uh, I, I would, and I'm sure Matt Reeves had that in mind every moment he was working on the script. Uh, mm. You know, I don't believe all of the. Oh, we just wanted yeah. to make one single movie. No one. Mind you, that. it's hard for me to see where it would go. Like I like it feels like a standalone. Like in that, in that Batman. You know. Well, if. If you want to know where it goes, oh, yeah. you have to tune into HBO Max because the uh, the Penguin is going to have his own show and it's going to be following directly after the events of the Batman. Okay, that'll be interesting. Which okay. I kind of like too when the, everything's destroyed and you just see him in his tower like, how do I take advantage of this? Yeah. Um, okay, that could be interesting. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, okay, so here's my thing. Here's my maybe takeaway on the Batman is I did really like it. And I'm even rethinking what I think as we're talking, right? I've had two good conversations. This is my second good conversation about it, so I haven't, had, I haven't talked about it much. I do have, like, I do have certain kind of critiques about how they kind of all, it almost feels like the only way to do a Bond film or a Batman film is to kind of implicate them in kind of like, in the kind of the worst the, in, into the horror that they're fighting yeah but i kind of get why they're doing that but it's, it was done very well it was done subtly the, what we talked about last week in terms of which i think will be up by the time people watch this uh about conflict about how we often are fighting something that we're implicated in so the batman movie beautifully does that um but i i, I would love to see if in the next movie Yes, the, the, now that Batman's had a subjective destitution, now that Batman has had to just embrace who he is, has seen the horror and how he's in, invested in this and how he partly created the Riddler, all of that, that we might just get a movie where then the Batman is not impotent, that the Batman kind of does something actually positive for the city of okay. Gotham. That would be great to see. But okay. I don't know if we'll see that. First of all, Batman is not impotent. Okay. Okay, so I want to clarify that for our listeners. I think that is um, just want to make sure that's clear. No, um, <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. I would like to see if they do a sequel. Uh, a, I'm sure they're going to do a sequel. Um, it's made like half a billion dollars or something already. But oh, yeah, that's uh, pretty good. I would like to see a jump forward in time, a little bit to a adult, substantial Batman. Yeah, the time has been served in whatever Arkham Asylum. There's an unleashing that happens, something that that shows uh, he's aged with time and all that stuff. Okay. I will say, in terms of the Batman final takeaway, it's the, I would argue when I walked out of it, my first thought was that's the first actual Batman movie I've I've ever seen. It is okay. really about really about Batman for good or worse, impotent, non impotent. Mm-hmm. It is the most Batmany Batman movie that's ever existed, and so for that reason, yeah. I highly recommend it. That's true. Yeah, but that's of course, fair. I'm going to highly recommend it. Yeah. It could have been horrible. I could be totally wrong. Mm-hmm. I would still recommend it because my taste is not 
good, but I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that takeaway. Um, you know, the next movie can also have a happier Batman. Like, I did like the fact that he was denying his pleasure, which is another interesting idea. It's like, he's all moopy, but he actually is, he get, he dresses up in a, in a basically a rubber outfit and beats up people. Yeah. I mean, there's a pleasure in that. He, um, <laughs> we okay. all know that. Am I, right. am I weird? Is that He's oversharing. <laughs> oversharing. Yeah. yeah, okay. Let's, uh, can we cut that out? <laughs> Just to cut that out. Um, is, uh, but he, he, he doesn't enjoy his enjoyment. So by the next movie, you can have the Playboy Batman who's exactly. actually enjoying as well, being the Playboy out there, and then at night, beating up the criminals. Yeah. So you could still have a shit Batman, but now the shit Batman is, he's kind of not realizing, this is what I would do if I was a director. The next film would be net that him as the playboy, him him as kind of making a lot of money, but then using the money to to fund his crime fighting thing. But then the insight at the end of the film is, oh yes, this is actually me just um, kind of exercising my jouissance, my pleasure. This is not helping Gotham either. Like I'm beating up all these criminals, all these people, but actually maybe the very fact of Wayne Industries being so mm-hmm. wealthy is what's causing Gotham City to be so bad. So therefore, you can then have that insight. And then in the third movie, you can have him do an actual good. But that's more Nolan type of structure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know about the... I would like to see the Playboy mm. uh, version. Do you know this yeah. is the only um, Batman movie where he has not appeared in a tuxedo and has gone to a gala? Oh, no way. Yeah, he's ne- in every other Batman movie, he is being fancy. He's doing some kind of thing. And this one, he can they can't get him out of the house. It's very fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was good. You know, it's a young Batman, pre-Batman, like not the Playboy yeah, guy. he's a but teenager. That, he's a, yes. no, you don't understand. And that allows, that allows it to go to the next stage where he literally embraces it all. Yeah. Cause I, which would be fun. But then also there's an impotence to that. And that's why the dialectic always is in threes. So he goes from the antithesis or the thesis to the antithesis, and then the last movie can be where he actually transforms Gotham City. Love it. Um, If you'd like to employ me as a writer, my fees are, you know, reasonable. Well, they're not reasonable, but... Well, they're reasonable. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this. And if you would like to see some bonus episodes, we're going to be uploading one on Joe Rogan soon on the Patreon. Oh, yes. So that's a a Patreon only? Patreon.com. It is. Yeah. It's past now. Hmm? We have enough in the can that is past. And if people want it, they can go to patreon.com. Oh, yes, yes. Slash the fundamental. Right, because yeah. it's, it's a good it's a good Patreon episode. You're, you're thinking we shouldn't put it up on Patreon? You were the one who said I'm saying it. yes on Patreon. Oh, yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, you don't forget, we're the shadows or whatever. 